Hello, and welcome back to Nature's Wonders. I'm your host, Will, and today we are joined with Jay Wilson from CCHE. He is going to be talking with me today about all his nature hobbies from aquariums to reptiles. Stay tuned to the end, and thank you for listening. This podcast is sponsored by Corals Anonymous and Aquachar. here well thank you for coming on today and before we get started can you give me a little background about who you are and just a little bit about yourself yeah sure um my name is jay wilson i am the national sales and social media manager for cha us and um i was in the military for 13 years when i got out i went extremely deep into aquariums and that was what 2013 here i am now with a decently successful YouTube channel, a phenomenal career and an amazing life surrounded by a hobby that I turned into a career. That's awesome. Well, thank you for your service. And um, so what is your position in CCHE? So uh, National Sales Manager, Social Media Manager is kind of a broad statement. My job is to take care of all of the brick and mortar stores in North America that you know includes Canada and some stores in Mexico. And I'm a one-man show, so I can only get to so many. Um, and then as far as social media goes, I run social media for CCHE uh, globally on Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram. Wow. That's a, that's a big role. Yep. That's so- me. Just me. There's nobody else helping. <laughs> <laughs> I get, pr- I get uh, somebody that proofreads my stuff, but that's about it. Well, I mean, I guess that'll help. Um, yes. So did CCHE start in Italy? I see a lot of um, green, white, and red on all their logos. And I've yes. always wondered that. Yeah, so CCHE is an Italian brand. It is still an Italian brand. 100% manufactured, assembled, and distributed out of Italy. It started in 1973. And the guy that started it was, I mean, amazing. And... He had um, four daughters, some by his own right, and then through marriage. And so now four women really run uh, Cice Italy, which then, you know, manufactures product for, I believe, over 56 countries. Wow. That's that's pretty global. So... I guess we should have explained what CCHE is. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Can you explain uh, what CCHE is? Yeah. If it moves water, CCHE has a product that does it. We're really known for our synchronous silence, our return pumps. We've got flow pumps, stream pumps, pond filters, aquarium filters. Uh, We manufacture probably the number one skimmer pump in the world. So if anybody has a saltwater aquarium and uses a skimmer, chances are there's a CCHE pump on there. And, um, you know, we have partnerships with Seachem where we do the title hang on the back. And we're all over the place. So chances are you've you've known about the brand. You just didn't know if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So you guys put your pumps in other products from different companies? Absolutely. Yeah. We manufacture like an OEM product for uh, specific companies. Oh, that's really cool. So 
Why is your skimmer pump the best on the market? We produce the best bubbles. Um, so the needle wheel, the way the pump operates, how cool it stays. We've just done a fantastic job. I didn't. <laughs> the engineers did such a fantastic job creating the best micro bubbles in a skimmer. And, you know, that's not me saying it. That's that's what consumers say. That's what manufacturers of skimmers say. That I mean, that's why they use it. Mm -hmm. So the more micro bubbles you have, the more proteins are skimmed out of the water, correct? Correct. The more fine the micro, but you know, it's like yeah. extremely micro bubbles. Hmm. That's awesome. So you have a YouTube channel, correct? I do. Yes. So I was checking that out and CCHA being an aquarium brand, I saw a lot of other things besides aquariums. Would you like to give a little explanation about your frogs and your other <laughs> animals that you have? So um, if, if you don't know me, which majority probably will not, I am a Ninja Turtle freak. Um, I only collect, I have a massive collection. So it's, you know, it started when I was a kid and that morphed into me enjoying uh, reptiles and amphibians. So, you know, I've always liked turtles and frogs. I had a nickname camping when I was growing up, Frog, Mr. Frogger because I would, I would capture frogs throughout the pond just to check them out, make sure they were okay. And, you know, to see how many frogs I can catch and then release them. So as I got older, it morphed. I have a diamondback terrapin turtle, which it started off as my son's, but my son would rather just view it. So I take care of it. <laughs> and then, uh, I've always had a fascination with uh, poisonous dart frogs, even though in captivity, they're not poisonous anymore. Uh, they're still beautiful. They still have a really cool environment that you get to build. And so, you know, I've got some other things that are that are on the horizon that are going to be much bigger than that. But I just enjoy, man, if it can go in a glass box, it's therapy for me and I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like a little piece of nature in your own house. Yeah. So do you have a favorite, do you have a favorite dart frog or animal? Um, it's hard to say as far as animal goes, but a, a dart frog, I don't have them yet. Uh, but I like the mint phyllobates. Uh, they're the most poisonous dart frog in the wild. And they're just chunky frogs when they're fully grown. And if you get the mint morph, they kind of have this really cool coloration to them. And, uh, once I can find them, I will have them. <laughs> <laughs> so how do these frogs turn from poisonous in the wild to non-poisonous in captivity? Uh, food consumption. So in the wild, they have access to insects that are poisonous and they take those toxins in, ingest them, and then they secrete them through glands. Um, I don't remember the exact, I could be off, but a phyllobates, the most poisonous, I believe one frog has enough toxin in it to kill 10 grown men, wow. if I remember correctly. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> a little itty bitty frog. That's, that's a little scary. Well, I mean, if, yeah. If, you're, if, <laughs> if you're you put wild. it on a dart or swallow it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. You don't usually eat frogs. Yeah, don't but, like uh... frogs. <laughs> So I saw a recent video from you talking about your canister filter from CJ the whale. Yeah. And it seemed like it had a lot of features that I hadn't seen on other filters, like okay. the, the priming pump. Yep. So what makes your um, canister filters different from other people's? 
So for me, I am uh, sound sensitive. Actually, we were talking about this. If I was going to have some reverb or if you could hear me very well, mm-hmm. I am very sensitive to sound and I've used a lot of different filters. And so the number one thing for me when I joined CCHA and getting the whale canister filters into my hands was the quietness. They are virtually unnoticeable. I cannot hear them. The only thing that I hear is the water trickling. A matter of fact, I'm in a room now with one, two, three, four, five, six of them. And you can't hear it. You can't hear a hum. So that's the number one feature for me. The the priming mechanism up top is very easy. And then the ability to control the flow from on top of the aquarium and to have unassuming you know, intake and returns in your aquarium is also a big plus. And if you're into aesthetics and you enjoy displaying canisters, it is a, a very nice, sleek piano black. Yeah. Huh. And they make that for all different sizes, right? Like Correct. There's four tanks. different sizes. Yeah. It goes from the Whale 120 with the Whale 200, the Whale 350, and the Whale 500. That's awesome. Um... See. And pretty inexpensive too. Yeah, I saw that it was a um, a lot different from all the other name like bigger name brands. Yeah, so saw. like a whale five hundred right now. I think August first it goes into effect, but a whale five hundred um, is it could filter a hundred and thirty gallon aquarium as long as it's not like heavily stocked with African cichlids. Mm-hmm. Um, but that retails for one eighty nine ninety nine. Yeah, that's that's not good. too bad. Yeah, and um, so are do you have like turtles and stuff right now? Yes, I have a turtle named Slash. He's a diamondback terrapin, uh, ornate diamondback terrapin. He is. I don't know. I I didn't know turtles can have such personality, but apparently, species of turtles you know have more personality than others. But this guy is just like, it's unreal the personality and how excited he gets when, you know, after he's already been fed. So people can say, Oh, he's just excited because you're going to feed him. No, it's, he could already have just eaten and I'll put my hand in that aquarium and he'll come up on the rock and he wants to, he thinks he wants to come out. And then as soon as I bring him out, he wants to go right back into the aquarium. So, um, he's just, he's a lively, pretty funny, you know, turtle. That's awesome. You think you could turn him into a ninja turtle? Um, if I could, I probably would have already done it. <laughs> <laughs> so how long have you done these bioactive terrariums for your dart frogs? Uh, it's been about going on three years now. Um, it was, I love aquariums. I mean, really, I, it's, I call it glass box therapy. And um, I've got this new room that I'm building at my new house because I'm getting ready to move in a couple months. And I think I'm going to call it the glass box lounge. And I wanted to do something on my YouTube channel that wasn't just fish because that's not just me. Like I'm, I'm, I can't, I'm not just categorized in this one box of you keep African cichlids. And that's what people know me for. And while I can keep a really sweet African cichlid tank, I have a lot of other passions and a lot of folks will tell you on YouTube, you know, don't do that. You're going to hurt your channel, but it's not a, it's not a, it's not a source of income for me, right? It's, it's not my career. 
it's an outlet for me and it's a way to impact folks. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to do what I like to do. And I'm going to start this bioactive vivarium. I did, I filmed it. It's actually probably like my top five videos in terms of views. And it was so addicting that I had to set up another one. And then I gave that one away, set up another one. And I gave that one away. And then I set up this final one that I have in my house. So I have two um, dart frog vivariums. And then I have a vision cage uh, reed frog uh, vivarium that I don't show much because it's a holding vivarium. So it's not like this really cool looking thing. But there is a video on how I built it and stuff like that. So your first time keeping frogs, you made the planted vivarium? Yes. And did you have any, like, how did you figure this out? Was this all YouTube or? So I'm, it's kind of funny. I'm a researcher. So, you know, I'm not one that's going to bug a bunch of people because, you know, they've learned it from somewhere too. So I go first to the wild and I'll, and I'll read articles from whoever has written articles on that specific animal that I'm going to be keeping. And then if there's a book, I'll get it. I think I had two dart frog books. Um, right now I only have one of them left and I learned everything I could there. And then I jumped to YouTube to see, you know, really were they, were they abundant? Could you keep them? Went to a couple reptile shows. And then I linked up with joshesfrogs.com and asked them a few questions and it's really easy. I mean, it's, we overcomplicate things in everything we do in life, especially aquariums. So when you say bioactive, people go, oh my goodness, that's got to be intense. It's actually not. It's, it's really easy, really fun. And the best part about it is there's not a lot of maintenance. So that's what really drew me to it. And then setting it up and watching it grow is, is very rewarding. Mm -hmm. What do you think that the hardest part of the, the setting up and maintaining is? Finances. Mm -hmm. yeah, do you think, I think that food is a hard part? No, I, the food's actually really easy. Um, I bought a starter culture of wingless fruit flies. They don't smell. They're in a container. They come from wherever you get them. And then you buy the media and it smells like cinnamon. And I mean, it smells like you're going to be baking some like really good pancakes. And I'm, I'm not even joking you. And some straw. And you literally just boil water mix it together in the right ratio, throw that straw on top. And then once it cools down, you just transfer, you know, whatever visually looks like 50 to a hundred into this new container. And now you're prolificating your food source. So I purchased a food source three years ago. <laughs> I'm still doing it. So it's, it's super easy. As long as you go, oh, I need to make another one. I need to make another one. Um, and if you want, you can rinse out the old cups if you don't mind touching all the old media. But yeah, it's very, very easy. And then, you know, keeping it bioactive is just making sure that there are, you know, living creatures that are consuming the waste. And dwarf springtails, white springtails are very easy to breed. And I'm doing the same thing. I bought a starter culture and I just feed them. And when I'm ready, I pour some water in the bucket, dump it into the vivarium and keep breeding them. So it's, mm -hmm. it's really, really easy. Yeah. So do you ever use like isopods? I see some people use those with the springtails. Have you ever tried that? 
I did. Um, and I never saw them again. So I bought like really cool ones. I had orange and blue and white. Um, you could definitely do that. When I move again, I'm going to buy another culture because I was breeding them at one time, but I ended up moving and I didn't have enough storage for all of it. So um, yeah, isopods are fantastic to add. And you can get some really cool looking ones that when you do see them, um, if the frogs don't eat them, <laughs> then you know it is what it is there. Would they ever eat the springtails? Yeah, that, that's also a source of food for them. So how did you breed the isopods? Um, you just literally get the right substrate for them, which can all be found really on the internet anywhere. And when I put them in there, I feed them, which is perfect for me because if I get, you know, a, a fish that jumps out of the aquarium or, you know, one that succumbs to the inevitable death, I could just throw it in there and the isopods will eat it. So they're really, when I'm doing all of this, I really don't have any waste. The only waste I have in my home from my hobby is the salt water because I can't reuse the salt water and I can't really put it into my garden. I can't put it in my grass. Um, but everything else is recycled. I could take a fish, I could take a shrimp and I could put it in there. I could feed it to my puffer. I can feed it to the, you know, the turtle. So really nothing goes to waste. Wow. So you just mentioned a lot of animals that I hadn't heard of before. So you have a puffer fish, you got shrimp, you have African <laughs> cichlids, you have frogs. Yeah. Saltwater aquarium. Wow. How yeah. do you, I mean, what's your process in maintaining all of this? Do you have a schedule or? Less is more. So uh, whenever I design something for myself, everybody always, you know, says that I have some magic you know, potion that allows me not to mess with it. But in fact, it's, it's self-control. I design it so that it is as realistic as I, as I can get it. And then I keep my hands away. So I was having a conversation with a pretty, pretty big time YouTuber. His name's Mr. Saltwater Tank. And somebody came up to us while we were chatting, having some dinner and they said, Hey, you know, what is your number one recommendation for keeping aquariums? And I said, 90% view, 10% touch. And Mr. Saltwater Tank said, no, 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 95% view, 5% touch. Um, and while, you know, that's probably true either way you go, the less you mess with it, the more stable it becomes. And when you have a stable environment, there's less chance for a lot of other issues where we start digging our hands in it. So Honestly, I don't have a schedule. I very rarely do massive water changes, maybe one every couple months. My saltwater tank gets most of the maintenance done. Uh, my turtle tank, I, I run two canister filters on it. So that water stays crystal clear. I don't overfeed my animals. And I mean, there's, it's just a, man, I don't even know. It's, it's not a science. It's just stop touching it. <laughs> you won't have to do so much with it. Mm-hmm. So when you're building your tanks, what are you looking out for design-wise to make it hands-free? Uh, usually filtration, like how much filtration I can put in here. Like let's say it's just a cichlid tank. Well, I know that cichlids are going to terrorize most plants. I've tried pretty much every plant to include fake plants and they still terrorize the fake plants. So I go, okay, I'm going to keep X many fish. And then I have the forethought of when they get older. So even if I put, you know, in a 200 gallon tank, I put 40, you know, brand new trophies that are maybe an inch big. 
I know at some point they're going to be three and a half, four inches. So I plan for that three and a half, four inches. And that's why I'll filter it for that. I'll make sure that my rock structure is easy to take down or put back uh, in the event that I have to do some crazy maintenance. And then it's flow. My flow moves all the detritus. So I don't want anything building up. And if it does, I have it build up in one section based on flow. So I could just vacuum it right out. And that's mm-hmm. it. Hmm. And I noticed your cichlid tank, the decor in your cichlid tank. So do you have a fake background? And then are those fake rocks that you have in there? Yes. Where do you get that built? So I actually used to work at a company called Universal Rocks. Prior to that, I found them through the internet, which they weren't, you know, they weren't big in aquatics at the time that I noticed. So I purchased some product from them. We built a relationship years and years, years and years later, I get hired from them and they just make some amazingly realistic looking fake rock. And it started for ponds and pools and they morphed into aquariums and it's, you could do things that you never thought possible because it barely weighs anything. Mm -hmm. Are they hollow? Some of them are, some of them aren't. Um, like the one on my current tank, I got, I do live videos. So like you'll see it in like the last few live videos. Uh, there's a tank right behind me that has these three massive boulders. It's actually foam inside. It's coated on the outside and then I silicone it to the back wall when it's dry. And so they are hollow and I'll drill holes all through it, which you can't even tell even up close so that the water can pass through and nothing really settles back there. Yeah. So that was, a, I was wondering if you were ever worried about the dead zones or like just like weird stuff building up in those dead areas where the water's not moving. Yeah. So I've never, I've never had that issue. I think where that issue would come into play is if you didn't do any water changes at all or your maintenance and you overfed, and then you decided one day that you're going to rip it out while the fish were in there. That to me is where the anoxic gas would come in and potentially disrupt a lot. pH goes, you know, bonkers. Like sand, uh, like stirring the sand bed kind of. Yeah. So like I don't stir my sand bed. Um, I let the fish do it. So I also don't have a massive sand bed and, you know, in a a planted aquarium, it's completely different for me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, my cichlids pile through it, you know, just looking for food and they keep it pretty uh, tilled up for me. Yeah, I like your approach to keeping animals. I mean, it just seems super self-explanatory, but not a lot of people do that. Yeah, I think it's like anything, right? We, um, you know, I've got theories on how, you know, how water changes started. I've got theories on, you know, why water changes were, you know, pertinent and, and talked about to be done so much, you know, nutrition for certain fish, the way we kept certain fish it evolves. We evolve. And I think it comes down to when I was in the military, there's a lot of stuff they give you and you look at it and you go, Oh my goodness, this is like, this is ridiculous. This is going to take me forever. So then you find ways to make the end goal and the journey there more efficient. And I do that with everything. And so logically I'll do deductive reasoning and then look at it in a, a standpoint of in the wild, the fish would have X, Y, Z. And then, then I go from there and say, well, when they're bred in a farm, they're still getting X, Y, Z. So there's a lot of things that 
we just overlook and then we regurgitate what we hear and we really never experienced it. So we just say, yeah, that's what it's called. And that's what it is because that person told me that. (laughs) So, um, I'm just different when it comes to that. I don't, I want to make sure it's right, right for me, right for the, the animal and ultimately the longevity of it. Mm -hmm. So are you trying to mimic the exact location that your animals are like natural to? Like if you did the African cichlids, you do like an African scape. Um, I try to get close. So I use the wild as a replication. When, when you get, you know, when somebody says biotope, right, I'm sure you've heard that term, correct? Yeah. So, uh, you know, people say I'm doing a biotope. A biotope truly is an exact replica. And that means that all of your stone, your substrate, your fish, your plants, everything is from that specific area, not recreated and manufactured somewhere. Like it is actually from that area. And so you can't take a rock from, you know, Nevada and say that I'm, I'm doing a biotope from South America. If that rock is not from that part of South America. So for me, it's going to be way too hard to get all of the same thing. So what I try to do is just look at the natural behaviors of that fish in the wild. And I can replicate it based on what I would like to see from my hardscape and, you know, my aquascaping. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're just trying to mimic it as best as you can without like having to get rocks from the Amazon or so what are all your social media um, areas? So you're on YouTube. We talked a lot about that, but you said you're also on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. So I do YouTube. It's J Wilson, J A Y space W I L S O N. And then my Instagram is J A Y W I L zero seven. And I'm on TikTok, but I don't do a lot on there. It's a, <laughs> it's lit life, L-I-T-L-I-F-E. Um, it started and it was going to be a joke as an alter ego um, because I was traveling and it was, it was just fun. And then it went back into who I am. So, and I'm also on Facebook. Hmm. And then what do you, are you posting like similar things on all platforms or are there any specific live streams that you do on YouTube that you don't do on Instagram or how does that yeah. work? Yeah. So YouTube's getting, you know, the full videos, the tours, the, you know, the live videos behind the scenes stuff. And then Instagram is more all about my life. Um, so there's a lot that goes into building a house or traveling my son, you know, everything, my wife, everything that surrounds me is in there. And so when you want to get to know me, I do live videos there, but not very often. It's just a place for me to remain impactful, stay connected to people and really have fun. So what was your alter ego going to be on TikTok? Um, her name was Samantha. <laughs> it started as like the first three TikToks. I, I forgot where we were. I think we were driving through like Missouri or something. I was going to, a, I was giving a talk on bacteria in uh, Kansas City. And I don't know, my wife and I, we're having this conversation and I started talking really like Samantha and, um, she's like, that is the most annoying and disgusting voice that I have heard. And I said, well, maybe I should do a TikTok 
uh, about Samantha because Samantha was never was never happy with anything, and it's the complete opposite of me. And I started it, and I was like, you know what, man, this is probably not good. <laughs> I, I think that. I think we need some more Samantha. <laughs> I don't think we need any Samantha. Is is the key? <laughs> but yeah, Samantha is. Uh, yeah, she's weird. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Huh? Well, was there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we get off? No, I mean, look, anybody that's listening, um, it doesn't matter what you're going through in life. Doesn't, doesn't matter if it's hard. Doesn't matter if it's easy. Um, it doesn't matter if you've experienced uh, extreme, you know, stress, whatever it is, you're going to get through it. Whether you're watching aquarium YouTube videos to pass the time away or, you know, you're working more, you're spending more time with family. Know that there are people here that are rooting you on and that you will look back and say, that wasn't as hard as I thought it was in that moment. And if you have to say that I shouldn't be here in my life right now at this moment, I was supposed to be somewhere else. That answer is wrong because you are you. And you are there for a reason. So make every moment count. I like that. I like that a lot. Thank you so much for coming on today and just telling me a little bit about yourself and CJ, your frogs, your Ninja Turtles and Samantha. And uh, (laughs) maybe we can do another episode soon about something more specific or Samantha. But uh, yeah, well, thank you for coming on today. It was a pleasure, man. I greatly appreciate it. And anytime I'm free, you let me know and we can do whatever it is that Will wants to do. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on today. Thanks, bud. Thank you again to Jay for coming on and doing an episode today. And don't forget to use code NORDIC15 for Aquachar and Corals Anonymous. Stay tuned for the next episode from someone special from Awaza. Thank you for listening to the end. Sasuke no kodo wa tamu